everyone, and welcome to the Balanced Purpose Podcast. My name is Ray Trevino, and I am your host. Each week, we will explore the essential elements of living a fulfilling, balanced, and meaningful life. Our podcast brings together entrepreneurs, business executives, coaches, and everyday people like you and me who have seen challenges and have overcome adversities to create success and find balance in their lives. Whether you're a young professional seeking to make an impact in your career, a parent looking to balance work and family life, or a retiree seeking to create a new purpose, our podcast is something for everyone. So join us as we delve into the world of living a balanced and purposeful life and discover how you can create a life of balance and purpose for yourself. Today's guest is a career coach and creator of Career Velocity System. She helps leaders and executives customize their career story to land high-impact jobs so they can create a legacy. I'd like to welcome Gina Riley to the show. Hi, Gina. Hello. Good morning from Portland, Oregon. It's a pleasure to have you on our Hot Texas show today. Would you mind telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and maybe throw in a fun fact that most people don't know about you? (laughs) Okay. uh, High level, I'm an HR professional. I do executive search. I have turned my knowledge and expertise into becoming a career coach and creating a program where I help people map out their career transition strategies, building up their stories, everything from the how and the why and the purpose of what they do, um, which we'll get into today, to the LinkedIn profile, the resume development, and most importantly, the interview prep so that they get their career stories ready so that they can really land when they start having informational conversations and they start their job search strategy. So it's a soup to nuts approach. That's an awesome approach. And when I first got out of college, I wish I would have known someone like you back then because I just copy and pasted a bunch of stuff that I thought sounded cool and sent it away. Luckily, I got a couple jobs, but you know, not very, very quick. So that's quite amazing what you do. (laughs) You and I are old enough to remember like paper resumes too, right? (laughs) Like mailing them out with like stamps on them. And then going door to door with them. You know, that was a big one for me. I figured if I smiled big enough, people wouldn't look at the actual grammar and all the fun stuff on my resume. But yeah, that didn't work out too well. (laughs) So now you work one-on-one with clients utilizing Career Velocity System. What does that specifically consist of? So I'm a new coach and client. I say, hey, Gina, I need help. I need to land a job. So the first thing that I would tell someone who put it just like you did is, I don't start with the resume. A lot of people, they get laid off or they're thinking about a career transition plan. The very first thing that they think of is, I got to brush my resume up or I got to update it. And professional resume writers actually start from scratch. They don't tweak what you have. And what I've learned over all the years of developing this program is starting with who you are is the most important thing to starting this whole process. That's foundational. So I'm starting with folks um, using a career profile assessment, understanding their unique strengths, their values, their motivated skills, the burnout skills, and their personality. We're building a narrative from that. Then our second week, what we're doing is we're trying to understand their unique leadership approach and maybe some of the leadership approaches they subscribe to and how do they approach leading people during times of change and transition because it's all change and transition now. Mm -hmm. So if you can describe that when you get to the interview situation, it's very powerful. The other thing people struggle with, probably the biggest piece is the tell me about yourself 
narrative. It makes grown men turn to stone, you know, when they get asked that question. So what we're doing is we're building a narrative so they can tell that narrative very quickly, three to five minutes max. I have actually interviewed people with my executive search hat on, and I've said, hey, give me a quick overview of your career. And I've had some people talk for 20 minutes in a 60 minute interview, which does not demonstrate the ability to follow directions or have that executive presence or EQ. It's a game changer to be able to do that quickly versus tank out your interview with that. So the first three weeks, I'm building up people's stories and helping them get ready to work with a professional resume writer to build up that resume from the ground up with high impact results. So I partner with these companies. It's part of my program. And then we build up a LinkedIn profile because you have to have the marketing storefront window. You got to have the lights on. You have to have to have something that's attractive for people to read and digest. And you need to be found with keyword searches. And then one of my favorite things, we work on interview prep. So we're taking all the stories and we're channeling that into a repository or a database full of great stories they can flexibly pull out and explain how they add value. That's what we need to do when we're in an interview. And then the most challenging thing after all that is behind us is the job search strategy. So we work on what their strategy is. The anchor is networking. And we talk about effective ways to go about doing that. The last thing that I do in my program is we do a thought leadership component. I believe that we need to consistently showcase what we know in a way that's authentic to us. So it doesn't mean we all have to be a person that can do a TED Talk. It means that we are communicating to like-minded people and creating conversations around the topics that we have expertise. So we're seen as a part of that fold. That's lots to unpack there. Now you work with executives and leaders. Have you ever had someone come in who says, well, Gina, I don't even know who I am that are so scripted to things that they've learned that they truly do not have an identity? For the most part, I am working with people that are generally like 40 and older. The oldest person I'm working with right now or the most mature person is 69 years old. And most people have a pretty good sense of who they are. What I would say is when I go through that very first week, and you may know this, Ray, from us being connected, but I use a career profile assessment called the UMAP. That gives me a holistic snapshot immediately of who I am working with. And what I do is I use that, I do a two hour debrief and I spend five hours creating a synthesis, first person narrative of who they are, what their talents are, how they show up in the world. And most of the time, I've only had a few people go, "Uh uh-huh, that's me, I knew all that. Most people sit back and take a big breath and go, oh my gosh, that's me. And they're a bit overwhelmed. And I have had a couple of people grab tissue. How does that make you feel? <laughs> that is the best day on the job. I'm like, thank you. My day is done. Yeah. So it's beautiful. And I am talking about a chief marketing officer who helped grow a company for 20 years from 40 to 400 million a marketing guru who's an expert at what he does. And then when I went and did this and reflected, his awesome sauce, reading his label on the outside of his jar, he was beautifully overwhelmed. I actually read a post on your profile that was pretty profound. When I read it, I was like, wow. 
it, it was a quote from one of the leaders that you coached and it really, really stuck with me. He said, I do not want to mow the lawn in my next executive role. I want to plant the garden. Now, that's a very powerful statement. Mm-hmm. Would you mind telling the audience a little bit about that journey and the outcome? I really do love that quote. So most of the people I work with, you know, there's there's tactical people, nuts and bolts. But by and large, I'm working with people that have come to a place in their careers where they want to help set and define the strategy, the mission and the vision and grow and cultivate the team to execute on that. And so this person had clarity about their target. And why is that clarity important? When you're out canvassing the landscape and you're taking informational conversations and you're learning about what the the needs are of these various businesses that you have an interest in, if they don't have opportunities for you to go flourish and live your best life with the talents that you have, with the goals that you have being that strategic leader, then that's a mismatch. Even if you love that brand, you love that company, that's not the place for you right here, right now. That's a great point. So what is the outcome for this one individual? That's still to be determined because they're working through their transition. But knowing this about ourselves is so informative to how we make our decisions. And that goes into my next point. I've heard you talk about intentional connected networking and personal branding. Would you mind telling the listeners a little bit about that and what it actually means? Intentionally connecting with others. I work diligently. Well, it comes naturally to me now to connect with other people when I find them to be interesting. I mean, it's that simple. So if I read a book and I enjoy it and I digest it and I start integrating some of the concepts, I reach out to the author and I let them know, I just read your book. It was profound. I'm integrating some things into my practice. Thank you for what you put out in the world, I reach out to podcasters. I reach out to people who write articles. I don't reach out to people who are big brand name marquee folks. I'm not reaching out to Tony Robbins or Simon Sinek. They're not going to accept my connection requests. But these other people out here that are doing their best work, they love hearing that they made an impact. So most of the time I can get that connection. But I don't necessarily hammer on that connection for a while. I may circle back even a couple of years later and ignite a conversation because it makes sense at that time, which is similar for a job seeker, Ray. You can create some foundational relationships and maybe keep them a little bit warm, but then you ignite them when you need them. Mm-hmm. You don't let them sit cold. I have many examples of how I do this, but this is one of my favorite ones. Years ago, five years ago, I reached out to Lee Caraher. She's an author. She actually is a communications expert. She's the CEO of Double Forte out of San Francisco. So she wrote two books a number of years ago. One is Millennials and Management, which is how the older generations at that time were managing the millennial workforce because they were navigating different waters. The second one is called the boomerang principle, which is how do you treat your employees so well that at the point they don't have anywhere else to go in your company and they're itchy to do something more that you allow them to leave with grace and you treat them so well that they're proud to put your company on their resume and they may boomerang back with more skills. And now you can pay them more because they have accumulated that and your company becomes stronger for it as well. Really beautiful concepts. So I reach out, I connect with her. Then years later, she does a podcast 
the episode I listened to was if you call yourself a thought leader, you're probably not a thought leader. And oh, I just love the podcast so much. So I reached out and I said, hey, Lee, I write for a magazine. I would love to interview you based on all the concepts that you put together in that podcast because it is mind blowing. And she said, yes. Boom. That's amazing. So I help elevate her brand and her thought leadership when I do that. I elevate my thought leadership when I do that. I am not fully the content expert. I bring her along and create a water cooler conversation for both of us, which I believe is a generous way to go about things and not just do all my own research in a bubble and pass it off as my own. That's amazing and quite exciting. I think my heart rate went up listening to that story. That's very, very cool. Connections are huge. Now, you're giving a talk this week, I believe, at an Uplift Leadership Career Summit. I am, and it's very relevant to what we're talking about today. Yeah, and, and I certainly <laughs> wanted to bring that up. So you'll be giving a talk on identifying and aligning values in your work life. Yes. So our values, our top values underpin our purpose and the why of what we do. It's that power source. And so for the youth I'm speaking to, ages 16 to 22 mm. plus, they may not have wrap their heads around this concept in this way. So what I'm going to do is introduce the idea by having them define their top three values. I'm going to take them through an activity to, to get there quickly. And then once they define those values, start thinking about how that could thread to the choices and decisions they make in the future. So what course of study ties to my why, my values? What social groups will I become a part of? What hobbies might I engage in? What kind of environments do I want to work in? When I'm in a team situation, how do my values help me navigate difficult conversations? So that's what we're going to do in 50 minutes, Ray. That's amazing. I think the positive in that is that's 50 minutes that's going to keep them off of TikTok, Instagram, and all the other things that are driving our youth away and taking them in a completely different direction that, in my opinion, has nothing to do with values or passion or purpose or any of that. And so I've always got to add that in because it's crazy out there. Now, I can certainly feel the passion and excitement in everything you do and um, all the guidance that you provide to leaders and executives that you work with. Has coaching executives and the things that you do do now always been a career path for you? Or is there a, a certain path or another path that led you to where you are now? I am one of those people that can answer that question where I've had consistency in my power source. And it does actually tie back to my values. When I was 15 and 16 years old in high school, I was fortunate to become a part of a couple of different personal and leadership development programs. And it had a profound impact on my life. So I attended these kinds of things. And then I would go back as a student volunteer, which further integrated those concepts of better communication skills and leadership skills and all those wonderful things that we learn. And then as I went into college, I also went to work for another company in the summers and they would do these 10 day camps so I would work with junior high students and another time high school students. We would take them through full days of communication skills and having them practice how to have difficult conversations, relationship skills. We would go and do a ropes course. We'd be jumping off the 30 foot pole and doing all of those physical team exercises. So I did that for a couple summers and I took the concepts and then I did a two day leadership 
workshop at my college. I went to Arizona State and I was able to finagle and sell this program to the Greek system. So they fund at least funded it a little bit to where I could hire one of my motivational speakers from the camps I worked for and then co-led that two different times. In fact, that's one of my slides um, that I'm going to show the students on Thursday is a picture of me at age 21 with my MC Hammer pants from 1991. (laughs) I'm I'm serious (laughs) with all these guys helping me run this seminar. But to answer your question, I've always been driven to make a difference. That's my number one value. And what am I making a difference about? I want to help people communicate better and more clearly and develop better relationships so that they can be seen and heard. And all of this threads up through how people communicate who they are in interviews. Wow. Full circle. Yep. I love that. Now you are super busy and I love all the work that you do. How do you maintain balance and what does a balanced life mean to Gina Riley? You know, you're asking this of a mother. Of course. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I have a number of different answers for that. What I'm going to say first is my early career, I spent 10 years at Intel Corporation. And Intel's a very hard-charging type A culture. And that was my upbringing. That's me. I am type A. And then it further formed the type A. It's how I react. It's how I stay on top of my email. Everything that I do really starts with that foundation. By the time I had my two sons and my husband happened to be working at Intel as well, it was really tough to have both of us arguing over who was going to pick up the baby because we were meeting with our VP that night at six o'clock. So I took a big career break and I was very fortunate, you know, not every set of parents can do that. I took a big break and I raised my kids because what I valued was my marriage and the strength of that and not arguing with my husband about who is more important in their work. Also, you don't know what you're going to get when you have children. And so what happened was I needed to be home. I needed to spend my time with them so that I could raise adults that could go into the world and be productive. How do I have balance? I think that balance does not mean equal. It's just like when you're a parent, are you being fair or are you being equal? Things are not always equal, but they should be at least fair when we deal with our kids. So I think the same grace should extend to us in our lives. Do we have enough of what it is that we want that creates balance, but it's not going to be equal? Am I going to be vacationing most of the year? Nope. So I don't know if that answers your question well, Ray. (laughs) It does. And the purpose behind all of this is to shed some light on our interviewees and provide some guidance for our listeners. Because when people talk about balance, they think that it's one way right? Everything's perfect. It's a million vacations a year. It's somebody who works six hours a day. Mm -hmm. But balance is specific to the person. And and I love your analogy about the kids, mainly because I have a son and a daughter that are a year and 11 days apart. So trying to find balance between those two is that's a whole different podcast. It's probably longer than 30 minutes, you know, and so you answered the the question perfectly. Now, I want to move into your actual purpose. How do you define purpose in your life? And are there any pivotal moments that happened that led you to find your purpose? I think my purpose and my mission stem from how I felt growing up wanting to be seen, wanting to be heard, wanting to be understood. And so 
throughout our lifetime, whether that starts with our parents or within our family, or as we go through life, we have to navigate these challenging conversations. And so what I realized through those teenage years is there is a better way of first understanding ourselves so that we can leverage that to explain who we are in the world naturally and to communicate, collaborate, and possibly negotiate how any of us work with each other. So that's where my purpose comes from is me wanting to be good at that myself. I had an experience very recently where someone close to me that I've worked with called me up and asked me how to navigate a challenging situation. And this is someone who's an incredibly talented leadership coach with incredible skills, but ran into like one of those situations and was using me as a, you know, a sounding board to kind of walk through the scenario and get some advice about what are some different ways you might want to say something to keep that relationship intact. And so I felt really proud that I'm someone that could be called upon to kind of navigate those waters. And that's what I love doing. That's amazing. And something that I found as a standard through all the people that we've interviewed so far is that knowing your purpose influences your decisions and your thoughts and your ability to help others navigate through situations like the one you just explained. It's crucial and it's important. And that's also something that you can impress upon in your talk because, you know, we have an identity problem in the world today that leads directly to families and young people and middle-aged people and all people not finding their purpose. And once you do, then you can illustrate it. You can help other people. You can guide people. And, and it's just an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. So I thank you for that answer. Now, we live in a, in a crazy time going back to our distorted world. And it's easy to get overwhelmed and distracted by everything around you. How do you manage to stay connected to your sense of purpose amidst all the noise and all the emails and all the things that come through LinkedIn? I'm driven to make a difference. So I'm always going to be motoring toward helping my clients in whatever capacity that is. I think the biggest challenge for me personally is the dopamine hit that we experience when the chime goes off and you know, we're looking at our phone or we're, you know, something came in through LinkedIn. So there's little tricks like turning off your notifications and it's easy to go off track and let your time get fettered away, which is allowing for other people and other processes and systems to take your time and attention away. So you have to kind of decide for yourself what is important to you. And then you have to like draw those boundaries. And it's not easy. It's not. And the other thing I would say is I have had, especially in the last couple of years, had to give myself grace and wiggle room to not be perfect. I have two boys that, you know, are at college and they've had their ups and downs through the pandemic. Both of them moved in this winter and spring because one had an internship and one was taking a college break while I'm trying to sell a house and move to another one three hours away and I'm working. So there's things that I can't do. So I think what I would say to the audience listening is you can't do it all. It's impossible. <laughs> and just have gratitude for what's going right. Gratitude for what you have, because it could always be worse. That's 100% correct. And that's something that you'll hear me say a lot, beginning each day with gratitude. I roll out of bed every morning and before I stand up, I hit my knees and I just give thanks for number one, waking up, right? The roof above my head, the health of my kids and all that fun stuff. And so staying connected 
and having an attitude of gratitude, not to be cliche, can really make the world of a difference. Right. Because there are so many things just to be thankful for. There are. So thank you for that. Uh, having having the boys back at home and eating your crumble cookies, how has that been? <laughs> thank God they were home for that, honestly, because I'm not a... Yeah, I'm not a huge sweets person. I needed help. It's good, but they also need to take flight for themselves. So, you know, there's like goods and bads mm-hmm. with having your kids come back. But one's doing an internship. So we're kind of the shepherd. You know, we've got the home and the, the, the container for him to eat and sleep and be healthy. And then the other one just launched back to school a couple of days ago. So hopefully we're going to write the ship pretty soon with empty nesters. <laughs> yeah. The whole pandemic and then their experience in college as Gen Zers really changed our concept of what an empty nester was going to be. So that's cool. I just had to bring that up because I saw your post. It was a while back. You open the box of crumble cookies and they're already half eaten. Well, I had a similar experience, except I ordered crumble cookies through DoorDash. And when I brought the cookies in and opened the box, they were half eaten. No. Yeah. I, yeah, I called crumble and DoorDash and all that fun stuff. It was kind of funny. I was like, well, I guess they wanted them more than we did. That's really funny. And I'm you've got a whole new box, right? We did. We did. Yeah. Crumble sent one right away. They're great. It was just something that I didn't expect to ever see. And so now every time I DoorDash something, DoorDash requests a picture of the delivery. So props to DoorDash because they follow up and they follow through with everything. It's really awesome. In closing, what legacy does Gina Riley want to leave behind for the world? If I wrote a book, I would say that would be part of my legacy because I would love to write about the career velocity system because I don't see anything like it in the market that helps people from soup to nuts do what they need to do. There's pieces, there's interview prep, there's how to do your resume, there's how to network. But aside from that, my legacy really will live on through my children and whether or not they're good people and that they communicate well, I would hold that up to the standard. I have a funny story too, Ray. My son, as he was applying for his internship program, so he's at Oregon State. They have this thing called the MECOP program. It's for all the engineers. You have to apply. They don't take everyone. So it's competitive. And then they assign you to companies. And then you interview for all that, too. So he lives with four other guys. There's five of them. And he calls me up one day and he says, well, all the people in my house that applied got into the MECOP program. I'm like, well, wow, that's amazing how they all do it. And he said, well, I was coaching them on interview prep on how to get into the program. And I said, well, how did you do that? And he said, mom, I've been sitting down the hall from you for years listening to you coach other people on interview prep. He's like, I got it. Uh, That is amazing. And that's legacy. That's what it's all about. Yes. So the ripple effect, I've got four other engineers out there. budding engineers who hopefully have a little tiny bit of interview prep that helped them get into that program. That is an amazing story. Now, for our final question, I'm anxious to see how you answer this because I know it's going to be great. In today's world, many people struggle to find their purpose or meaning in their lives. What advice would you give someone who is currently seeking to find themselves and their purpose? I have a concrete answer for that. It's not whimsical (laughs) or out there. It is specific. I would advise people to do the UMAP career profile assessment. 
It's not really expensive. It costs $129. You go to myumap.com. I'm affiliated and I am a certified coach, but you do not have to hire a coach to take this assessment. So you go and you take it and you get your top five strengths from StrengthsFinder. That tells you how you do what you do. It's your natural talent. People are spiritual and religious. It's your God-given talents. You get your values. That is why we do what we do. You get your motivated skills, the skills that really drive you, and then your burnout skills. Those are what you do. When you see that and you start to realize, oh, I might have a misalignment in my life or my work with my values, or I'm not getting to use my natural talents, or I'm using too much of my burnout skills, you will start to step back if you choose and see why you are experiencing unhappiness. And then the fourth assessment is a personality assessment. It's called the Holland. It's careers interest related. So people have taken the DISC or the Myers-Briggs. Those are personality assessments. For me, I use that the least out of the four pieces. I mean, it's an important part of the puzzle, but I'm putting together those first three pieces of the puzzle so that when I'm working with my clients, they can step back and go, oh, okay, I had a strong values violation in this last role because of what? Or, oh, these are my natural talents and I wasn't able to maximize them. So if you are someone who's trying to seek alignment in your life with people or specifically when it comes to your vocation or your career, when you use an assessment like this and actually do the work to analyze what it is about you that's working really well and what's out of alignment, it is illuminating. That's perfect. I'm going to add that link to the show notes as well. I mean, I I see that beneficial for myself, so I'm definitely going to have to try it out. Now, if listeners want to get to know more about you and the services you provide, is there a a website or an email they can go to? Yes, it's simple. Just go to GinaRileyConsulting.com. If you are looking for resources on career transition, there's a tab called um, Articles and Resources, where I have podcast episodes I've been on, tons of articles I've written on career transition, all that's free. And then I have a button that's green that you can download your own free career transition planning guide. It comes with a video so you can watch me talk about it and then you can actually start making a career transition plan. Totally free. Fantastic. I'm going to throw all that on the show notes as well. Well, thank you so much for being part of our show. This was fun. I had a great time today. Me too. Balanced Purpose Podcast was created and hosted by me, Ray Trevino, and is produced and edited by Nick Goltney. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Check us out at balancedpurposepodcast.com and on Instagram at balancedpurposepodcast. Remember, finding your purpose is a journey, not a destination, and it takes time and effort to achieve balance. Make it a great day.